1: Hey, Seb, how do you manage to keep yourself so perky and upbeat in the mornings? I thought you
0: were going to ask me that question. Well, I'll tell you, I drink between three and 14 cups of coffee every day. I'd like to tell you about one of my favourite coffee companies, and that is Chimney Fire Coffee. Have you ever heard of them?
1: I have heard of them. You know for why they're sponsoring this podcast. Chimney Fire Coffee create responsibly crafted speciality coffee from their roasteries nestled in the Surrey Hills. They work hard to create a fully sustainable coffee journey by focusing on transparent sourcing, working directly with farmers and sharing their stories, and by using fully compostable packaging.
0: They donate 25p from every regular bag and £1 from every kilo bag of all Discovery Coffee sales to Recycle, a small charity who refurbish bikes from the UK and ship them to rural communities in africa for every 28 kilos of coffee roasted a single bike plus spare parts will be sent to these communities to help improve social mobility children's education and overall health
1: chimney fire coffee is proud to partner with three in a bar podcast to offer listeners 20 of their first coffee order simply head to www.chimneyfirecoffee.com and use the code t-i-a-b 20 at checkout to redeem your discount
0: Hello, my name is Seb Philpott.
1: And my name is Verity Simmons. And this is Three in a Bar.
0: This is a podcast where we chat to a different musical guest every single episode. And uh, we're not breaking with tradition. We're going to (laughs) stick.
1: We've got a format. We've got a format. We're going to stick with it. Yeah. And this
0: week... Very special guest. This is yeah. Samara Ginsberg.
1: That's right, Samara Ginsberg. She is a cellist and internet sensation, isn't mm, she? Yeah. Where you might we have seen her?
0: probably have seen her on Twitter or on YouTube. Uh, is she on Instagram?
1: She is on Instagram. You might yeah. have seen her there too. She's on yeah.
0: Instagram too. She got famous in the lockdown because she had an idea to put out a multi-tracked video playing, uh, what was the first thing she did? Do you remember?
1: Mm. Mm, I want to say Ulysses, <laughs> but that wasn't Find the first one. No, I know what it was. Yeah? Inspector Gadget.
0: Inspector Gadget. Yeah. yeah. Well, retro
1: 80s theme tunes. Basically,
0: she started doing retro TV theme tunes, mm-hmm. films, game soundtracks. And there was always, I think always, eight of her on the screen. Yes. And it was back when no one had ever seen two, Two of the same person at once on a screen, <laughs> let alone eight. Had you ever <laughs> seen that before?
1: I don't think I'd ever seen that before. No. Certainly not eight Except cellos of
0: Lohan the same. In the Parent Trap, that was the only other time <laughs>
2: that, that <ever> happened. <laughs> that and
0: I know that is classic. a remake, but still, that was the first and only other time. <laughs> but so l- lockdown basically spawned this trend. Lots of people did. putting up uh, music videos When we couldn't be together. Sometimes you would do it with with your friends, lots of different pictures within a screen, all your friends, a whole orchestra at times. Sometimes just one person and loads of them. And that's Mm. what happened to Samara. And she got very, very famous on on Twitter and has lots of followers, lots of celebrity followers.
1: Yep, she has. I mean, hers were outstanding, I have to say. yeah, Her videos... She's put some real effort into these arrangements and they are super good. Yeah. Check them out. There will be a link in the show description. But um, if you're a child of the 80s like me, you'll be really happy. I love those ones. Uh, she did Night Rider. That's a classic. Yeah. She did one called Ulysses. Um, I couldn't remember it, but actually I've gone back and I do. I oh, do. Really? It was very familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's all sorts. Sonic. I think there's a Sonic in there.
1: Oh, is that? What did she do for Halloween? She did a Halloween one, didn't she? Did you see? Oh, it? she did
0: one the other day. I think there had been yeah. a long gap since her previous one. Mm. She did Psycho, Bernadette.
1: <gasps> oh, brilliant!
0: Really good. And she dressed up as the uh, as the mum.
1: Did she? Did she really? Yeah. Norman Bates as a, as his yeah. Mum. Who's what's yeah. Norman
0: Bates' mum called? Dunno. Bates. Don't know. Mrs. Bates. You don't really <laughs> meet her until no. towards the end. That's right Missy Fates Yeah that's it Yeah <laughs> uh, So yeah there's lots of content and, and what she's good at And we're not yeah. good at Is keeping mm-hmm. her content short I don't think oh, any yeah, of so them yeah as we're long, proving again They're not longer than two minutes I don't think So it's <laughs> no. perfect I think if you go on YouTube There's a playlist You can just stick it on And just, yeah. just have it on Yeah and Crack through them all really, Actually they're really good Because she's arranged them Properly first Because mm. Mm. So, I mean, there were so many of these videos Weren't there You kind of stopped being able to look at them after a while because it yeah. was just everywhere but she actually did them very well
1: yeah she blimmin' well did yeah but you know she has got a well, she's an amazing cellist she's got a fantastic CV she's played for so many people she plays for Chinake she plays for English Session Orchestra she plays for Ah, oh, London, London Philharmonic, Philharmonic Orchestra. Orchestra. <laughs> yes. She plays for loads and loads of really cool string ensembles as well. Um, I know she plays for, uh, oh gosh, what are they called? Uh, yeah, this is, is brilliant. It? Oh God, what are they called? They're amazing. And they play, um, uh, and they sing and they dance. That. What I better be flipping graffiti classics. Oh my God. Oh. That's it. She plays, she plays for graffiti classics who are. Brilliant, and they dance and sing, and like she's you know, it's a cool ensemble, yeah. Anyway, well, was that worth the wait? That was yeah, <laughs>
0: very worth the wait. Now, was it? she got yeah. in touch with us through yes. our website?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She um, she sent us an email or uh, a form on the website. Thanks for getting in touch, Samara. And she said, Hey, I listened to the show. Um, she said she's a fan, um, which is nice. That's nice, it's very yeah. nice. Um, it is. and she said, I would love to come on the podcast. Uh, not to just talk about her videos. She didn't even talk about that. She no. actually said she's got a very specific topic she'd like to chat about. And that is is that she has ADHD. Yeah. And she would like to talk about how it affects her life and work as a freelance cellist in the music industry yeah. of this world. So that was kind of uh, what she wanted to do. So, so yeah, we got, got her along. She came to my house, which... Was excellent for me because <laughs> I didn't have to go anywhere. Um,
1: no, so another tick, another tick there. Yeah, that was great.
0: Squeezed her in before the dentist. <laughs> great. Um, yes. What else should we say? She had a cough. Well,
1: yeah, she. <laughs> That's not the most okay. important
0: thing because no. she had a cough.
1: Yeah, seriously. Guys, it gets better than that, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> she was totally fascinating talking about ADHD because it's not really something. Any, well, musicians I know, I can't think of anybody else who's talked about it. And actually, it has a profound effect on her life and her career. And she was only actually diagnosed with it when she was in her 30s. So she went all these years, sort of struggling in various ways. I mean, she's made a fantastic career for herself, and but has really got to come up against problems. You know, it's a tricky thing to manage, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: it sounds like an absolute nightmare at times.
1: Yes,
0: uh, yeah. But we'll get into all that. You, you, you'll hear everything. Yeah, you hear that. Um, there's no point in us giving you a bad, no. crazy of it. Um, we actually, <laughs> the, the interview is coming up. Uh, so well, let's get into the, the chat and then we'll see you at the end and um, we'll chat to you some more.
1: I want to go straight in on the old videos because I'm sorry, you're probably sick to death about talking about your amazing multi track cello videos. But they are so awesome that there's no way we can let it pass without speaking about it. <laughs> Knight Rider, uh, 3.5 million views on Twitter. Is that right?
3: It, yeah, something like that. Or more probably. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I kind of stopped looking after a while. So the whole thing completely happened by accident. Yeah. I used to think that going viral was something that people paid PR companies for. It never occurred to me that it was something that actually happens just organically by accident anymore. And the the first video I did was Inspector Gadget, which I did for weird, um, the thinking behind doing it in the first place was that I'd actually just got back in February 2020. I got back into the country after working abroad for a bit. So after the lockdown, I was just really scared that every fixer in the world would, would just forget that I existed because... Not only has everybody had a, had a break, I've had a much longer break. I'd really disappeared for a bit. And I remembered another cellist friend of mine telling me once that social media, when you're a musician, I've never really engaged with social media much before. It's not really my thing. Like, you know, hashtag blessed. Mm, not so much. Um, <laughs> wait, do you know what it's like? It's like girls on social media, girls, I don't know why I'm calling it. I'm 38. Women on social me- media just post a lot of pictures of themselves. And whenever I think about doing that, I just think, Oh, who wants to see that? (laughs) So I've never really, I've never really done it much. Um, so yeah, i have never really been much on social media and I remember the friend of mine saying that social media, when you're a professional musician, it's all about just feeding people a constant stream of information that you exist. And that's basically what it is. This is me. This is what I do. So I thought, just uh, too, much, too much time alone in lockdown, for some reason I got it into my head that the way to remind people that I existed and was maybe fun to work with was to download that silly a cappella app and do an eight-part cello arrangement of the Inspect's Gadget theme. <laughs> and um, I was on a walk with my, with my other half, who's a pianist, and told him about this idea, and he just basically sort of rolled his eyes at me, went, okay, whatever you think. And I was like, well, I've definitely got to do it now, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <quite> right.
1: <laughs> the gauntlet has been laid So down. I did this
3: ridiculous <laughs> thing and I couldn't get the apps to work properly. There's this problem with latency between the click oh. and the playback so yeah I've tried to yeah. yeah, yeah. This yeah. so, so this is what the first couple of videos that I did um were really the ensemble was bad but I just got it as good as I could and, could and posted them anyway. Um so yeah I made this thing it wasn't great but I posted I thought but I posted it anyway and then I was watching Netflix, you know, as we were all doing a lot of. And my phone just kept buzzing. And I was like, Why is it, what's going on? Why does my phone keep buzzing? And then 24 hours later, it had over a million views. What? And I was, yeah, I was, well... I was then on the phone to the musicians union going, help me. I'm going to get sued. (laughs) 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 I posted a thing and I thought that like, (laughs) that like 200 people would see it. And, and, and now millions of people have seen it and I'm going to get sued. Help me. (laughs) Um, So it was a bit stressful. (laughs) What did they say? They said that basically it's fine. If someone tells you to take it down, take it down. Yeah. But basically it's fine, stop yeah. worrying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. So th- and that and that so that went well, the first video. What did you do next? Did you carry on with a cappella? Well, did you
3: Okay, yeah. After that I carried on with Acapella. Did you buy a yes, mansion? Okay. Um, I cannot stress enough how like not technologically advanced I was at this point. I've never I'd never plugged in a mic before. I had no idea how and that might seem a bit mad to some people but it's no, just welcome to my world well we're <laughs> so spoiled aren't we like yeah. you just yeah, yeah. you get into a studio you mm. sit where you're told and you play what's in front of you when you're told and that's like you, it doesn't require a lot of thinking no it's it's just a do as you're told kind of job normally so so I'd never done any of this for myself I had no idea what I was doing so I kind of had to stick with a cappella originally in the first instance um, and then it was a channel four program, the Steph show with Steph McGovern. Oh, yeah. They asked me to come on the show and also asked me seeing as it was going out on the May the 4th, if I would maybe do something from star Wars. And I don't know why I agreed to this. I suppose it was cause I had a lot of time on my hands, but I was, I was on the phone to this researcher going, yeah, sure. I'll do the Imperial March <laughs> in acapella. cappella." And like, if anybody listening hasn't used this app before, you can only do complete takes. There's none of this drop gubbins. You can't, you can only do complete takes. And if you want to do a retake, you have to ditch the one you already had. So, um, I'm literally playing the first violin part from Star Wars, having to get it in a complete take. It was, I still can't believe I did that. It was complete insanity. <laughs> I mean, they struggle with it. And I apologise for I mean, absolutely it. no yeah. rough edges. Oh, like,
1: <laughs> hats off to you. I've heard it. It's flipping good. I didn't oh, realise that was still on acapella. Because, yeah, that was a cappella. Well, honestly, how you did that in whole take, I don't know. Well um, done. I,
3: I tell you what, if I'd done it in Logic, I would 100% have done it, like, pretty much bar by bar. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> would not apologise for doing it How that long week. did you have? What was the turnaround before I had to go out? Um, well... You say when it had to go out. The thing is, I wasn't being paid for this, so I sort of wasn't pressurizing myself over it. Yeah. So, yeah, technically, I had a couple of days, but oh no, a little bit longer because I'm not counting the time that I spent doing the arrangement. Yeah, I did. I, did, I took a, like a day to do a decent arrangement, put that together, and then it was over a couple of days. Yeah. That in in very short bursts. I only do things in short bursts when I have the choice. Yeah. So. Yeah, it wasn't actually that long if you sort of added up all of the time, but I d yeah, I don't know really how long it took, but yeah, it took a yeah. few days, I guess.
1: But quick, I mean quick actually, when you're from going to going, right, I'm gonna do that to getting
3: it done. That's a really quick turnaround, I'd say, like. So yeah. <laughs> well I mean, but if you consider the fact that it's not like I had anything else to do, I don't have kids, yeah. so it... well, I suppose so. I mean... <laughs> It's yeah. good.
1: It's inspirational. actually. Though, It's good to be able to just sort of, it was sort of more self-imposed deadlines as opposed to like you were saying, but where Channel 4 have been in touch with you and said, you've got to get this
3: done. All of a sudden it sort of makes it a bit more, did it make it feel a bit more like, oh God, I have to. I did. I was kind of, I mean, there was a slight complication that I, in that I thought it was a great idea to do it in a Darth Vader mask. So I borrowed <laughs> one from a friend's six-year-old son. <laughs> um i got my i got my boyfriend to drive around to her house and pick it up like heavily no contact delivery and and then i realized that i couldn't see out of it or at least i could i could see like just a tiny bit it was like you know when you're at the opticians and they put the the, the blurry the blurry lenses in um yeah it was a bit yeah so i, I kind of pretty i'm, I'm lucky that i memorize things quickly yeah so that yeah that was a bit mad i'm i'm just yeah I keep saying it was a bit mad. It was very mad. (laughs) It was completely mad. It was the weirdest thing I think I've ever done. So, yeah, Darth Vader. (laughs) Darth Vader plays the cello. Well, of course. (laughs) But it goes on and
1: on from there. This is not the end, is it? You've then, like, you've done Night Rider. There's one called Ulysses. I was racking my brains trying to remember what Ulysses was.
3: It was a really weird cartoon where, like, everybody's floating on a spaceship or something. Um, Oh, God, I sort of remember
1: it. I can't, I'm going to have to look it up later on.
3: I was trying to think. It was one was of those know. very, very 80s ones. Yeah. I, I don't even know if it, I can't remember off the top of my head if it was late 80s or early 90s. Yeah. But, um, or maybe it's banned that, but like stylistically, very 80s. Yeah. Great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you were getting requests, right? Eventually. Yeah.
3: Um, well, I mean, because it, 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 the whole thing kind of took off on Twitter and then um, people were saying, because I, I had a lot of, <clears throat> Americans and obviously that's a big tipping culture and people were saying can we send you money and I was like well as an unemployed musician okay I will set up an online tip jar so I did and that was like it was massively helpful at one point yeah Yeah. really like um it, it still feels like a weird thing to have done as a British person we don't really like discussing money and we're not a big tipping culture, but I just felt a bit like, do you know what? If people want to, if some people want to, I'm not gonna say no. So, yeah, too um, so I got a a fair number of requests through that. But that was a little stressful because when people have sent you money already, they I I felt like I didn't get any any nasty messages or anything, but I felt a bit like people might think that they're entitled to me. Yeah doing their request yeah. and what if it's something that just isn't going to work so i felt mildly panicked about it but i just i just started making it quite clear on my socials that like i consider all requests and promise nothing yeah, so yeah it's very wise yeah
1: yeah that is good and did i'm all right thinking cbs got in touch with you to record something yeah
3: i did a couple of commissions for um you know cbs and um there was another one for um the nfl um was it Oh, no, it's this website called the Bleacher Report, right. which apparently that's the um, US's biggest sports website. But I had no idea because I'm not really a sports person, especially not for American sports. <laughs> so um, I just didn't know. But yeah, I did a couple of commissions of like when, when they were launching seasons. Oh, wow. That's cool.
1: And I bet like who'd have thought when you were starting out, when you were doing Inspector Gadget, talking about that at the beginning, it was going to lead to this big huge
3: thing you know yeah i mean it was was just really nice to get back into that thing of somebody wanting you to do a thing for them yeah and like having sort of actual work it was very strange work (laughs) but but it was work yeah (laughs) Yeah, too right
0: the reason you got in touch with us you Mm -hmm. have a specific topic
3: you'd like to talk about well um Oh, I was, I was sort of hoping we might get onto it a bit more organically than that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> let's, let's, uh. Let's, uh <laughs> right, okay. No, Let's work out an excellent natural segue. Like. <laughs> oh, no, 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 Sorry, I didn't mean to be oh, critical. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs>
2: no. Well,
0: no, How we can get into it another way, if you like.
3: Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. No. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, because I don't, I don't have any ideas on that, so. Yeah. No, no, but now, now we've broached you. it. It would seem weird if we backtrack, I reckon.
1: <laughs> um, but you, so you have got ADHD, haven't I you? Do. And, well, first of all. But I was wondering, when I first read that, I had no idea actually, I had no clue that you did, but um, as a child of the 80s yourself, when you were younger, at what age did you actually get diagnosed? Because I just seem to remember that things like ADHD, maybe autism, various things like this, just weren't given a label or weren't diagnosed with kids, certainly where I was growing up. It wasn't a thing. Did you get
3: diagnosed early? I did not get diagnosed. I didn't get formally diagnosed until I was in my 30s. No. Yeah. Yeah. Blimey! And did you—is it in your mind that you knew there was something? Was it? Well, oh man, okay, man, this is a bit of a can of worms. I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to try and give you like short version. Um,
1: you can go long if you like. Yeah, that's Sorry. fine.
3: <laughs> um, the thing is, okay, one of the problems with growing up with ADHD in a time when not that much was known about it, like in the 80s, as you said, like the only kids that as far as i know the only kids that were really diag- typically diagnosed with adhd were boys who had severe levels of hyperactivity yeah boys who literally were just running around classrooms um that was the type of kid that would actually come to the attention of an educational psychologist and that's that's only actually quite a small proportion of 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 kids with adhd who are actually like that as far as i know god i feel like I'm going to be doing a lot of as far as I know today because it's there's there's it's one thing having experience of a medical condition. It's quite another knowing about it theoretically. Yeah, Obviously, sure. my theoretical knowledge is not that great because I'm a cellist, not a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like a kid that was like me now would quite possibly get diagnosed quite young. But back then, it wasn't really so much of a thing. One of the problems with ADHD is that a lot of the signs look like a kid who's just being a bit of a dick.
1: Right. That's
3: um, like, so, yeah, like, I, and I also had um, a mother who who very much believed in harsh discipline, which I don't necess- I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing, but she was very much primed to, think that I was behaving like a little shit. Oh God, can I say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My mother was very, very strict and came down like a ton of bricks on any undesired, undesired behaviors. And I really, from quite a young age, kind of learned that if I said that I was struggling, I would just get told that I was just being lazy and stupid. So I just did whatever I could to hide it and did, quite a good job, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and it wasn't really helped by the fact that I was also quite sort of conspicuously academically bright. I wasn't missing any academic milestones. And, um, yeah, I feel like back back then that the culture in education was... And, and that I mean, this isn't a criticism of any teachers, because you can't criticise someone for failing to act on knowledge they would not have had. Yeah. But I think... The general sort of attitude, I get the impression, was that if a kid is hitting academic milestones and not displaying severely disruptive behaviour, that kid is fine. So, yeah, it sort of flew under the radar when I was a child. Yeah. Even though, in retrospect, there are a lot of red flags. Yeah, what sort of things were you? Actually, so the biggest red flag, I think, was that when I first started school... Um, I mean, yeah, there were a lot of a lot of smaller red flags, but the, the major ones when I started school within, within a few weeks, my mother got a phone call from my class teacher saying, I don't want to alarm you, but that's not what you want to hear from your kid's teacher. <laughs> um, I don't want to alarm you, but, but I think she needs a hearing test. She sometimes doesn't quite often doesn't respond to verbal instructions and just appears to be a bit zoned out and not listening. I'd recommend a hearing test. So my mother takes me to this hearing test, which I passed with absolute flying colors. And she was furious with me for having selective hearing and just choosing not to listen to my, like pretending that I hadn't listened to my teacher because I didn't feel like doing the thing. And I was trying to explain that I couldn't, I can't understand voices in noisy environments. Like if there's multiple people speaking, I will have no idea what an individual person is saying. But um, yeah, so that that's a major red flag for ADHD. Yeah.
0: Wow, and were you doing music at this point?
3: No, um, kind of. Ooh. So actually, my mother was a violin teacher. Oh, right. when yeah. I was small. So not not anymore. She 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 quit that. Oh, I can't remember when. I think when I was about ten. I don't remember. But yeah, she was she was a violin teacher when I was small. I did not get on with the violin. I hated having noise up against my ear. Oh yeah. And um, nobody wants to be taught by their mother, do they? <laughs> no. No, as my children can attest to, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work well, does yeah, it? Yeah, so that didn't really work out. But, like, um, I used to, I was very much into music. Like, it was always something that grabbed my attention big time. The first thing that I got super into music wise, as far as I remember, yeah, it was the end of year one, school summer holidays. Um, my mother starts the school summer holidays with this really annoying hyperactive pain in the ass six-year-old and she's on a strict budget and we, we we can't like go on holiday or even go to the zoo or anything like that and she's like bugger me what do I do with this child who's going to be bored for the next six weeks so she did what I think was theoretically a really smart move bought me a desk can't plastic desk can't recorder and a teach yourself to play the recorder book oh. um, you know one of these things that teaches you how all the sheet fingerings and how to read basic sheet music and all of that and just sort of sent me to the opposite end of the end of the flat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, opposite end of the garden even. Um, so 24 hours later, I came to her and said, mom, I finished the book. And she's like, bollocks, have you finished? That? <laughs> so, but I had. And um, so basically my mother started the, what was it? 1989 summer holidays Day one, she's got a really annoying hyperactive child. Day two, she's got a really annoying hyperactive child who can play I Should Be So Lucky on a desktop (laughs) recorder. So, um, but yeah, I had this, like, what they call hyper-focus for music. Like, I would burn through a recorder book in 24 hours.
0: Yes. Wow. So then did your mum sort of go, oh, hang on a second. So did that kind of explain anything to her about possibly, I don't know, that there's something about you that she hadn't realized like you know no you're, you're shaking your head no
3: or... um yeah sorry i shouldn't shake my head on a podcast <laughs> should fine. i without like mic <laughs> no, uh, mics Mike, don't really do that do they That's mm. she's shaking her head um, i don't know if i explained
0: <laughs> what i was saying very well there i mean because she she'd treated it uh, with a kind of but she'd disciplined you or taken you to hearing tests but mm-hmm. being a bit annoyed at you did this kind of hyper mobility or, 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 no, hyper focus I mean, hyper focus did that kind of Ring any sort of bells or, or yeah. a no.
3: of light bulbs? Do you know what? No, and I wouldn't blame anybody for that not ringing any bells because no. like, people still don't know that that's an ADHD thing now.
2: Yeah, no. So uh, you yeah, yeah. know,
3: like like so much is known about this now, mm-hmm. even by people who aren't teachers or doctors. It's it is so. It's just pe- people know that this is a thing that people have, but that is an aspect of it that is still really poorly understood. Yeah. Or rather, well, poorly understood is a, is a bit of a dramatic way of putting it. People just don't know it's a thing. Mm. Yeah.
1: but you were, So you were saying just now about that thing about not being able to pick out... So if loads of people were talking, mm. not being able to pick out one specific voice or what was going on. So I'm just wondering about how that works in, in the context of music. If you're in an orchestra or something like that, or if you're in a rehearsal situation, how does it work... How do you find that sort of balancing sounds? Is it is it kind of similar within music? I'm just imagining, like, say you're at college, you're in a symphony orchestra rehearsal. There's loads of different sounds going on, lots of people chatting, lots of tuning, people talking. How do you find that? Do you find that tricky? Um,
3: Triggering. Um, Tricky. Oh, sorry. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Is that triggering? triggering? Wait, wait, hang on. No. you've got me all no, wrong we, uh, no no no, no <laughs> yeah no.
3: sorry about it um, <laughs> I would not really be able to talk to anyone in that I, I mean I, I I can do a physical warm-up and that's basically what I do yeah in okay. that situation and that's fine yeah okay so it's just sort of going into
1: yourself and just sort of focusing for yourself yeah I
3: mean, I mean it's, it's a bit embarrassing sometimes people will, will come up and try and talk to me and I'll just absolute blank panic hmm um, or just it, that that that's it's really hard work. Sometimes I can, like I'll I'll typically sort of get about fifty percent of what someone said, and and guess what to say next, which is a dangerous <laughs> strategy. It's really like that can get you into trouble. It, it, you, somebody so, says something, you go oh great, and then you and then they. They look at you like you just shat on the floor and you realise that what they've actually said is my nan just died. That's not something that's actually happened. That's a theoretical <laughs> thing. That's, yeah, you've got to be careful with, with with pretending you understood things. But yeah, it's, it's very rarely a problem at work. Yeah. I think it's probably something that's actually driven my career choice in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh, because when you're working as a musician, your auditory environment is very tightly controlled. There's very rarely any time at which you have to focus on anything other than... The sound that is in the room, yeah. There's there's very rarely sound that you have to filter. Yes. So it's work that suits me very well, actually. Yeah. Brilliant.
0: And even listening to lots of different elements within the music, that that's okay. That listening. Yeah. No problem. Never problem yeah, yeah. with that.
3: I mean, like I don't know if I I process music differently from 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 other people. I have no idea, but but it's not a problem. Yeah. 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 I... yeah. So when
0: you so you you. Were proficient at the desk camera recorder in a, in a day. you say proficient uh, <laughs> that
3: proficient is a big word I don't want to make it sound like I was proficient I was, at the, a, I was not words. playing Vivaldi sonata. <laughs> no I was I, I mean, yeah no
0: I mean I mean what had you achieved after seven days I mean <laughs> you go through all the books
3: I think I, just, I was just teaching myself to play really annoying pop songs I don't think you know no, no. <laughs>
0: but then when did you get started on the cello
3: um, I got started on the cello at secondary school right at the end of year eight. Yeah. So I'd always wanted to play the cello. I just thought, I, I had this year, you're going to laugh at this. I thought that the cello was really, um, you know, I saw that girls who play the cello tend to be very flamboyant and glam, glamorous and beautiful. And I thought that it would magically make me. Incredibly glamorous and beautiful, <laughs> so obviously it did not work. But I'll um, um, get on. <laughs> <laughs> well, very no, glam. She's well. very glam. Absolutely not. <laughs> False advertising.
1: <laughs> um, I did it because I saw that on the cases, the spike could come out of the end, and it was sort of weaponizing yourself. It was great. I, you could get people with that spike at the end. No, there was no cue cool either. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, I will say, like, it makes. If once you've got a hard case it makes a good battering ramp on the tube really good yeah
0: oh yeah. yeah do you yeah. like doing that when when you're getting off the tube and people are getting on before yeah, you go I'm, off and you get right okay bang
1: yeah I'm really aggressive I try and do it and look the other way
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oops yeah oh, I didn't see that yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean so,
3: so it was for the glam factor well I mean yeah it's, it was a lot of reasons why I was just drawn to the cello I just always so badly wanted to play the cello but I never said anything about it because I knew that um, my mom didn't really have any money, and but it was when I started secondary school. I was, I was at um, a school where they had for instrumental lessons in school. You had to provide your own instrument, but the lessons were were fully subsidised. And I just uh, it just kind of came into the back. I, I just realised that actually, at this point, apart from the upfront cost of an instrument, nothing was stopping me doing this. Why am I? Why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing this? So I went to my head of music and told him that i wanted to play the cello and he said why and oh he's <laughs> you know, the head of music at my secondary school was an absolute legend a guy called bob bailey i can name him because i have only nice things <laughs> so um so yeah um he he had a gloriously sort of i think mostly affected grumpy demeanor and so he said why why do you want to play the cello and i just I didn't understand the subtext that all he wanted to know was that I was going to take my lesson seriously. So I told him basically my entire life story about how I'd always wanted to play the (laughs) cello, And he was was probably just like dying to get back to the staff room for a coffee or whatever, something stronger. Who knows? Um, We were terrible kids. Um, (laughs) and I just like I I don't know how long I was talking to him for but I just told him everything about how I'd always wanted to play the cello and and I'd never had the opportunity and then I'd realized that nothing was stopping me and I just really really wanted to play the cello more than anything ah just I'm absolute cringing remembering this at this point like (laughs) it's poor man but yeah so I passed the enthusiasm test and um and he signed me up for lessons and i Started off in school and, yeah.
1: You just flew with it, didn't you? Like, it was a very quick
3: progression from what I've read.
1: I read an article that uh, you were saying that it, it took about a year to get from beginning to get yourself up to grade eight.
3: Mm, yeah. I mean, that's... Just over. Yes, yeah, saw so I, I had, like, just a... I think I had about four lessons before the end of year eight. It was right at the end of year eight. And then I had this long summer holiday just practising on my own. And um that was that was quite cool actually because I was self-motivated enough to do a little bit of practice every day so it wasn't a disaster that was on my own all that time it would have been better if I'd had a bit more guidance re- re-technique but never mind <laughs> yeah I just started doing things like wrapping my head around tenor clef and stuff like that just not having any pressure behind it yeah and then in the autumn I joined the local music school um, Saturday morning youth orchestra yeah so I took my grade date in the autumn term of year 10 so it was about it was just over a year that's an extraordinary turnaround because there's a lot to learn in that time isn't there
0: how much practice were you doing a day
3: not as much as you might think but um more than you would expect from a teenager who wasn't being made to practice I think it's probably the best way I can put that I don't know actually I mean I couldn't put a number on it
0: because I just wonder how it works with with inattentiveness that that is you know one of the the things with ADHD isn't Mm. it and and like your your ability to sit in a room for a long time and work on something.
3: Yeah. So you say a long time. The thing is, I'm a really fast learner. And I think that that has been basically a sort of adaptive response to having a short attention span. Yeah, I can't sit. In my, like the idea that some people sit and practice for over an hour is just beyond me. Like I am all about the 20 minutes slots like. I pretty much never ever would do more than half an hour. Yeah. So. But you um, work
1: concisely and quickly.
3: And get, I work, well, actually, something um, interesting that. Um, so I live with a pianist who does a lot of um, accompanying work at conservatoires. He's in and out of conservatoires all the time. And I remember him telling me once that I practice way more intensively than what he overhears in music colleges. Yeah. And I didn't really know that. I always thought, like when I was at Guildhall, I always thought I was just really lazy because I practiced so many fewer hours than my classmates. But also, like I don't know if people are always entirely truthful about how much they I don't practice. Think it. They are, you no. know. It's like those you know, those violinists at music college. You tell you they did twelve hours yesterday. Bollocks! They just physically, you can't do it. You can't do that. As a trumpet
0: player, I mean, that's
3: so far beyond what you can do. I would argue, like, I mean, (laughs) mean, yeah. The thing is, you you would obviously enter into a state of fairly immediate physical collapse doing that on the trumpet. On a stringed instrument, you'd still enter a state of physical collapse. It's just that it would be a bit more insidious. Like, you'd probably just have crippling tendonitis next week. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be so immediate the only cellist in my year who was
1: practicing that I knew of like that didn't make it to the end of the course because they damaged themselves so much. And oh they God. just felt exactly what you said, that culture of feeling like you have to keep up, do more, make sure you're mm. practicing all the time because we're so lucky to have this time to practice. And I think she just wrecked herself doing it. Oh my, wow. Yeah, so you were doing it the right way.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the other interesting thing about ADHD, which I didn't know until quite recently, is that there's a massive comorbidity with hypermobility.
1: Oh,
2: really?
3: Um, um, and I've, I've always known I was hypermobile. Yeah. And that that's, and I've always kind of used that as an excuse, heavy inverted comma Z. I've always used it as an excuse not to do long practice sessions. Yeah. Because I, I felt like I needed an excuse not to do long practice sessions. Because just having found a way of working that works for you is not enough, apparently. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh exactly
1: but I mean how was your teacher you got on really well with Stefan didn't you I did Stepan, yeah
3: Stefan Popov total man. legend yeah. we all like I feel like it's not disrespectful to say this we all refer to him as Yoda behind his back <laughs> he does look just very much like that but it's not even, it's not about his appearance okay part, sort of uh, he does look a bit <laughs> like Yoda but but mostly demeanour as well he had that sort of encouraging cuddly uncle kind of kind of vibe but did he did
1: he understand what was going on with you to the extent you know in terms of this kind of practicing intensively and or did you not need to say because you were turning up and producing what you wanted I'll tell you what
3: uh, so um Stefan wasn't that proficient at hiding who his favorites were and I was definitely one of his favorites like I'll admit that straight away massive teacher's pet there um (laughs) but he he had this he was always telling me I, I wasn't practising enough and I needed to do more practice. But he, he had a way of trying to be stern about it that absolutely fell flat in the most hilarious way imaginable. Like, he'd, he'd catch me um, just sort of sitting in the foyer, zoned out, trying to read a book when I was supposed to be in a practice room and come up to me and do this angry face. And I swear it was the funniest thing. And I, I always just used to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he was a bit exasperated and definitely wished i had practiced more but also he was generally happy i i was hit quite badly with performance anxiety and often underperformed in exams which i know he found really frustrating but then so did i so um yeah it kind of felt like we were on the same side there yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't a huge issue good that's great
1: Because I was wondering, and how within the wider context of being at college, because certainly around the time you were just a few years after me, I think, but there there was an awful lot of academic work and and various classes going on when we were there. So how did it work for you in the context of the full
3: education? Oh, God. Yeah. Organisation was a huge issue because I did not have any particular sort of strategies in place for for managing stuff like bringing the right... Books to the right classes at the right time, turning up in the right place. Um, I I was just fully rubbish at that stuff back then because that that's the sort of thing where most sort of neurotypical people are sort of naturally good at that. Yeah, and the world is not really set up unless you're sort of appropriately diagnosed at a fairly young age. The world is not really set up to acknowledge that not everybody is naturally good at this stuff and some people need to learn it in the same way that, that neurotypical people might learn algebra. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I was completely at sea with, with just organising stuff. And it was... I mean, doing the academic work was fine because I would have, like, a deadline written down by which time I had to do a thing. And that was actually... It was okay Although there were a few things that I basically just forgot existed until the night before, so that wasn't so fun. No. But... It um, was a lot.
1: Did you it? have that academically? At-
0: Not too much, no. I, I I got away without doing a dissertation. At college no! Because I, I did natural trumpet as well. Um. And I wangled it. I and By the end, I did joint principal study, trumpet and natural trumpet, which meant I could do two shorter recitals and no written work. It was oh like a loophole.
3: sakes. Yeah.
1: Well, that's canny. I think you deserve extra points for Thanks. working that one out. Well done. Did
3: you have to do a dissertation? Do you know what? <laughs> actually, um, I did. I got a really high mark for my dissertation. Oh, well um, done. Yeah. Yeah. It it was actually it, it went quite well. Um, but yeah, because that's on? an organisational nightmare. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> oh, it was on. Oh, messy It was something really wanky um <laughs> not that messian is inherently wanky it's just that when you're an undergraduate he's trying to sound clever oh, oh i yeah, yeah mine classy, had yeah. the word cross fertilization in the title no. so, yeah if wow. we're
1: talking oh, wanky no. there you go i thought i was an obnoxious 21 no. year old no here right here
0: <laughs> you, you did so do a degree in agriculture though, didn't you?
3: It's, it's, i'm sorry <laughs> can we just backtrack a <laughs> bit I was breeding things no yeah.
1: it was about stravinsky
4: oh <laughs> okay
1: but was about... what was he fertilizing and no. how everything he could get his hands on no um, <laughs> dance music fashion art fertilization cross... though oh hang on oh, Pollinate, cross pollinate cross pollination oh, why did i come oh. up with fertilization <laughs> i tell you what what a disaster i can't even tell you the title that is about. still incredible cross pollination I'm sure I used the word fertilization. What the hell was I saying? (laughs) Yeah, just surprisingly well Well, considering I couldn't tell you the name of the title. That that is amazing. I thought mine was bad. There you go. Perfect. (laughs)
3: Amazing. (laughs)
4: fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com uh,
0: so then fast forward to you being in your career being a freelance musician ha- what's it like now having adhd <laughs> <laughs> sorry
3: <laughs> just i just hold that in while you're talking, <laughs> <so> in <laughs> what you were talking <laughs> <laughs>
0: intense concentration right. in your face during that yeah session. no
3: that's why I was intensely concentrating <laughs> I was
0: like it'd be great if
3: you didn't have to say this again Yeah, let me just oh, brief. Yes. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> should I say that again?
3: no it's fine I think I got it <laughs> right. so um, like I said the actual work itself is really really quite well suited to me because there's very rarely any extraneous noise to deal with Work periods are short and intense rather than like you not being expected to sit at a desk for eight hour stretches. You do um, an hour and a bit and then you get a break and then you do a little bit more. And it, it, it all feels quite congruent with, with what my stupid brain likes to do. So, yeah, the actual work itself is there's one thing that I can't do at work. And that is if anybody gives any sort of verbal instruction while there is music, cannot. I I I will not take that in. Like, I mean, the classic is if, oh, I was on an opera a few weeks ago where it was a contemporary opera um, where my part was quite repetitive in the first section. And I turned over two pages at once and didn't notice until the conductor starts yelling bar numbers at me. And I couldn't understand what he was saying. I had no idea what was happening. And they basically just had to call a halt and then tell me what had happened and that was completely mortifying so yeah that's the only situation Mm. where I have real problems at work um where it becomes an issue is in everything around the work that generates and maintains the work like I mean obviously there's stuff like being organized keeping up with admin turning up at the right place at the right time well I just I just have a lot of reminders on my phone like you wouldn't believe how much I outsource to my phone like Honestly having a smartphone is the best thing that ever happened to me. It's I was uh, it instantly became appropriately professional overnight when I first got a smartphone. So, oh, they're brilliant things. So, yeah, my phone tells me what to do. Like big time. I have multiple alarms per day telling me reminding me that a unit of time has passed and that I should have done this by now. It's yeah, it's that it's that level of outsourcing to my phone. So, yeah, organisation isn't nearly as much of a problem as it used to be. What is still quite challenging is, um, and you're going to, like, please assume the inverted commas here, networking. No, right, I hear you. Um, Because it typically takes place in crowded, noisy environments where lots of people are talking and where you need to pay attention to actually quite a lot of things. You have to take in a lot of information and um and when i say networking i don't just mean networking i mean socializing actually mm. just having a good relationship with your colleagues it's not all about just trying to get something out of those no. relationships it's actually about yeah forming and maintaining good relationships with colleagues let's put it that way but also networking
4: <laughs> it's yeah.
3: um yeah it's a real challenge i if i go to the pub after a concert i probably won't really remember anything much that anyone said cuz some of it will go over my head in the first instance and a good proportion of the stuff that didn't go over my head just won't get retained and also like i know that i come across sometimes as a bit moody and a bit withdrawn in social situations and 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 really that's why i tell yeah. you i could tell you a funny story about why one of the reasons why i know that cuz this one time about 10 years ago i got a text from another string player i know and it was my contact card with a text reading, a bit moody, but very good. Lol. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my
2: God.
3: That's awful for you and the person who sent it. What did oh, they well, do? No, the thing is, oh, what was really <laughs> bad, what was really bad was that if this happened now, when I have, like, I'm very lucky to have work in the diary, if this happened now, I would just pretend that it never happened i would not like acknowledge it and hope that they never noticed and that we could continue having a non-awkward professional relationship in future but i really needed the work i was desperate for work at the time so i was like oh god what do i do because if i don't if i don't tell her then i'm definitely not gonna get not gonna get this gig which i actually kind of really need so i i like ums and i about it for ages oh bugger me how do i respond to this so I just sent her a text back saying, um, "Hey, I think you might have. Looks like you sent this to the wrong person. Don't worry about what you said. I might be moody, but I'm very forgiving." Oh, um, that's really the thing sweet. Is, well, no, <laughs> the thing is, I thought that that was the least awkward thing that I could have said. I honestly, I, I still can't think of anything less like non awkward, less non awkward. if that make sense? <laughs> what? Um, no, no, that I didn't can't make even sense. <laughs> I, I, I. I thought it was an okay way of handling that situation and that the way that she would respond probably was just, I get probably a sort of straightforward apology and we would forget about it. What happened was that I got a series of essays about, um, oh, it was so awkward. Oh, I, I don't, no. it I was, yeah, um, I've so strayed off topic, haven't I? No, no. not at all. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, you really haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know. Anyway, look, I know that I come across as a bit moody and a bit intense and a bit unsociable. But it's not, it's not because I don't want to socialize. It's because I find it like just the most immense cognitive strain. Yeah. And it's like, again, like on that note, something that I've learnt that I can't, go places with, I go, can't go for dinner with the band between the rehearsal and the concert. I don't do that anymore because if I do that, I don't get a break from 2pm until 10pm because I won't get time to like switch my brain off and have some downtime because whenever I'm with people in groups, I'm having to concentrate so hard. Yeah, must be
1: utterly exhausting on a long day like that.
3: Yeah, but I, I mean, I didn't always know that because like, again, that's, that's another thing where like, there isn't really a handbook exactly for how, how to, well, there's definitely not a handbook for how to handle being a freelance musician with ADHD, but they're like, there's, there's not really a, a handbook full stop. And so you end up sort of judging yourself by neurotypical standards, which is that between the rehearsal and concert is break time. This is when you relax and when you are not working. Yeah. So I just kind of, um, I suppose, it, like internalised that idea because why wouldn't you? And I didn't acknowledge the fact that if I was around other people that meant that I was actually working harder than I had in the rehearsal and that if I don't take that time to have a break and go off and be on my own somewhere, that means that I'm quite likely to make some stupid mistakes in the concert because I will be too tired to play well, Which which used to happen sometimes. It does not happen anymore because I jealously guard my downtime. Yeah. But it Brilliant. does mean I sometimes sort of think, oh, do people think I don't want to hang out with them or that I'm a bit unsociable or something? But at the end of the day, you've got, you've got priorities playing well over that stuff.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. And do you talk to people about it now? Would you say, guys, I'm not going to come out with you, explain it?
3: No. Um, <laughs> it's a bit y, isn't it? I don't, I don't
0: know. I...
3: Well, I mean, firstly, I've always been a bit um, cagey until very recently about about having ADHD at all because I've been a bit worried that it might make people assume that I was unprofessional um you know people love to make assumptions don't they about anything like we we're quite a gossipy industry yeah and I was just a bit like is this a good thing to talk about but yeah every time I have mentioned it to someone like another musician they've just been like oh my God, tell me everything about how on earth you concentrate in rehearsals. And people seem really interested. And if anything, more sort of admiring of someone getting on with things rather than just assuming that that person's going to be a bit of an idiot. So um, it doesn't feel like it's an unsafe thing to talk about, I suppose. But it's also not something that I've ever felt any sort of inclination to broadcast.
1: I think it's by the fact that you are talking about it, which is it's so good it sort of takes it out of that gossipy zone because you're you're actually sort of owning it and and for yourself giving a voice to it rather than letting other people make assumptions or gossip or behind hands i think it's actually really probably very helpful for a lot of people other people who will have it but also other people who have other things which might affect that their way they are either socially or professionally and can be perfectly professional you know obviously, but struggle in different ways, you know, I think it's really important to be able to talk about these things so that it's not just hidden away behind, you know, gossipy hands or whatever.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've got I'm suddenly feeling like I've You've ascribed quite a high level of responsibility oh, no. to me. Take that <laughs> back. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't don't like responsibility. This is why I don't have kids. Not, no, not only, not only
0: the the queen of the multi tracks uh, viral video. Yeah, uh, we've put that also, one on you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also,
0: the, the spokesperson for yeah uh, ADHD. for all
1: people. No, but right. I mean, I think it's just that thing of having conversations with various people about various things i think you know when for example i when we were speaking to rachel lander and she was talking about alcoholism Mm. and that being again a thing that everyone was just talking about oh so and so you know whispered conversations and i think just owning those things and saying well actually this is how it is because you're right people are really interested for one just to know how you cope and how you've managed to function so successfully and make such a successful career i think that's a massive thing so yeah, you don't need to own it for anyone else. Just be yourself. Actually.
3: Oh um, well, that's that's very nice. I mean, I've I will, I've I've always said that just be yourself is the worst advice anyone's ever given me. But um, <laughs> no, I think um, like like I said, I can only really speak for myself. But at the end of the day, my my needs in the workplace. Let's put it that way. Let's put it in legal terms. My um, what I need in the workplace that maybe neurotypical people don't need so much is time a bit of time to myself every day. Um any verbal instructions when there's music please repeat in writing if it's important. And oh god, what was the third one? This is so ADHD. <laughs> Seriously, I there was three. Oh bugger.
0: And that's the end of the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh I completely lost my train of thought <laughs> oh yeah I know what it was if I act a bit weird bef- oh no no there's no way of putting that that doesn't make me sound like an unprofessional wanker
1: come on you can do He's it got- you did well in your dissertation you can word something
3: <laughs> if I um I'm, I'm really trying to not throw my career under a bus here that's all No, I I think you're doing the absolute opposite. Proof that you do care about
0: your career and you are professional. That you're trying to find the best. Um, No, I'm just
3: thinking of the fact that I'm quite often most strongly affected by hyperactivity early in the morning, Mm. and I really feel like I often before settling down for rehearsal, I kind of feel like I really want to just pace around, Mm. or even like um i've even been known to just step outside and go for a run around the block and it would be nice if i didn't worry about being judged for that
1: Mm. yeah quite right i think i think that's fine i think these days don't you think that everyone has different routines and it regardless regardless of adhd or just or anxiety problems or or whatever it is people have their own routines and ways and I think we all judge ourselves so harshly and worry about how other people are judging us for Mm. our routines or what we
3: need to do to cope with getting through whatever we're getting through. I will tell you something that I find a little bit challenging at work is um, in orchestral rehearsals, this sort of orchestral discipline of having to sit perfectly still Mm. at all times, even when you're rehearsing. Well, it's physically demanding as well, but it's also a massive sort of mental demand on someone who's a bit fidgety naturally. And the reason why I would appreciate that changing somewhat is that it feels quite unnecessary in concerts, obviously yeah. sit the heck still, but it feels like if you've got this, if it's a two session day as well, if you've got, mm. it, it really feels like an unnecessary strain to have to just, Sit still and bolt upright for long periods. It, it, I, I feel like feeling as if you could sort of slouch when you weren't playing, without looking unprofessional, would would make a make a difference. Yeah, definitely.
1: Take some of the austere kind of.
0: With the cello, yeah. I mean, whenever I mean, because I'm sat at the back, and often we get to slouch a little bit, or just like cross cross our legs. I mean, you can't cross your legs with a cello.
1: Not so easy, not. And like you re-
0: always always have such good posture. that's such an important <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not. No, you do. You
3: Slouching <laughs> over. But with a cello, yeah. you know,
0: cellos always. I'm
3: loving really. your air cello, yeah. Seb. Call- I want to I want to take a photo of Seb's air cello yeah, right now. Must. I'm not even kidding. No, <laughs> Please getting my phone one. out. Take one. Go on, Seb. Show us. What, was what was are it? you playing? No, I'm trying to think
1: what phone... sort of thing you're playing. I think he's doing the Imperial March there, but like in you know, yeah. like.
3: Oh, look at that. It's Like that is that is amazing. I don't wow. I was gonna say it's like Jacqueline Dupre, <laughs> it's like, um, but what is it, Jacqueline like? Dupre, after a very rough night? Yeah, it's like oh. a cross with Rocky or something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> oh no! I'm thinking of Rocky Flintstone that's not going to oh gonna no oh, got yes. down a whole another route yeah possibly <laughs> I can't it. believe you got Jamie Morton on the podcast oh, by the way he's I like know. royalty isn't that,
0: isn't that good oh he's so great that's yeah, all yeah, thanks to Verity there just going up to him at a press night or something wasn't it
3: yeah seriously I felt like
1: I had to and he was great just chatted and chatted for hours excellent he's an excellent individual
0: <laughs> yeah um, I was going to ask um, so is there anything you can take any sort of any medication for this for ADHD um
3: so ADHD medication is a whole minefield i am on medication but if you were to like go on oh tiktok tiktok is the worst but like on 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 the internet generally and read up about people's experiences of it you would you could be forgiven for thinking it was some sort of like magic pill that completely cures your condition for for a several hour period and if anybody truly does have that experience. I'm very, very happy for them. and would love to know exactly what they're on so that I can beg my doctor to give me it. But um, (laughs) that's not, that's not been my experience at all. It's immensely helpful in that. So yeah, the psychiatrist who put me on this, on this stuff that I'm taking, um, particularly thought that it would help me because it tends to be good for auditory processing issues, which is my main thing that causes me a lot of problems and is quite difficult to negotiate. And, oh, my God, she was so right. It it really has helped so much. Um, Like, I only only actually started taking it less than a year ago. Mm -hmm. It was the first time I'd taken medication for this. And because I wasn't sure what the effects of this stuff would be, and I'd heard that some people had, you know, miraculous response, I was, yeah, a few weeks in thinking,
1: is this really doing anything?
3: Am I just because I felt like I was doing really well. Um, It it felt, I I, I felt like I was struggling less and just generally much, much happier and calmer. Calmer sounds like a weird thing to say from taking stimulants, but you know, there you go. But I had this idea at the back of my mind, like I know that these are schedule two drugs that are like the reason being that they have potential for abuse. Am I just high? Is this really working or am I just really high? Am I just happy because I am high? Was was i was I having this doubt in my and I knew my doc the doctors were happy and but I was like, am I just high? Maybe I don't even have ADHD. Maybe I'm just lazy and stupid and I'm just high. But um but then I I had a social thing. Yeah, it was about a month after I started taking it. I was with some people and everybody was talking. And I was chatting to people and I suddenly realised that I'd been there for about two hours and I was enjoying myself. I was enjoying everybody's company. I was having no particular difficulty following what was going on in the room. I wasn't feeling completely exhausted and wishing I had an excuse to leave <laughs> and I wasn't feeling overwhelmed. And I thought, okay, yeah, that woman wasn't kidding me when she, when she said that this drug might help so yeah that's so, yeah. massive
1: that's great after what you were saying about going to the pub and finding that such a oh an exhausting struggle actually mm. that must have felt like a real win
3: yeah it really did yeah it doesn't completely solve the problem but it helps it to quite a large degree it's like I suppose it's it's a bit like yeah when I'm not medicated I hear every sound in my environment front and center at the same volume and I can't can't pick things out and taking this medication it's a bit like sort of everything's been nicely nicely sort of panned and eq'd and and I can I can concentrate on what I'm supposed to so um yeah I am able to to just sort of filter things a lot better and that's that's been the main thing brilliant that this has done for me it's a bit of a it's a bit of a faff um with traveling because like I said it's it's legally defined as a naughty substance if you, don't have, if you don't have paperwork. But I just have to travel with a um, letter from doctor, a copy of the prescription, all of that stuff. Yeah.
0: Are there any other steps you take um, to, to just look after yourself or just to give yourself a break? Like if, if you've got a couple of hours off, do, you, do you, go for, when you go for a walk or do you meditate or anything like that? Um,
3: oh, do you know what? I tried to meditate a couple of times in my life and I just got bored. So I don't do that, but yeah, I just find somewhere to be alone, I suppose, um, is the main thing or yeah, maybe go for a walk, but just kind of anything where I definitely get to kind of switch my brain off a bit for a while. Yeah. Um, and I actually, yeah, I like, um, taking my time to get ready before a concert. Like I, I do not like the, the last minute panic, Um, so I like, yeah, I really like to, to take my time getting ready for things and sort of be certain that I've got everything I need. And, um, yeah. But did you used
0: to be a panicker, last minute packing person?
3: Um, no, I, do you know what? I think I've always known that I needed to take my time with stuff like that. I've always found actually packing is one of the things, one of the tasks that I struggle with the most and it sounds completely mad but like the act of packing a bag even if it's just to go and do a session rather than to like go away packing a bag is like a really complex cognitive workout for me it's um it involves multiple lists on my phone having to find everything having like knowing what I need finding it all putting it into the appropriate bag and not like doing that thing. Like my classic thing is like, where are my keys? 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 Are my keys? Oh, I found my keys. Great. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Yeah. Where's my phone? I had it. I had it right here. I had it right here, but I put it down somewhere. I was looking for the keys. And yeah. this, I, like, I still haven't really got around that. And because of that, I actually like basically whenever I have to be somewhere, I plan on being there an hour early at yeah. least. Um, and that isn't just freelance musician anxiety. That is, I need that time in order to lose my phone five times whilst losing my keys five times. Yeah. Man, I remember this one time I was sharing a room on tour, um, another musician who watched me flapping, trying to find my room key one too many times. And I like, I will say in her defence, I'm an enormous pain in the ass to share a room with. But she just sort of went... You should just always put it down in the same place. And I swear to God, I have never wanted to strangle anyone more than I wanted to strangle her at that moment. You think I don't know this shit? (laughs) I didn't like. I didn't kick off, but I wanted to. (laughs) And it wasn't. It was. And like the reason why I hated her so much in that moment was because she was so right. Obviously. It's lot. It's it's logic, but I, so what, who is paying attention to where they chuck their keys? Apparently, <laughs> neurotypicals. But um, yeah, I I, just, I lose everything all the time. So packing a bag is is super stressful. It's something that I have to allow a lot of time for. It involves outsourcing a lot of a lot of stuff to my to my phone to tell me what to do and what I need. And it it's just a ho- It's a whole thing. Like sometimes I feel like the most challenging thing about a day at work for. Probably most musicians is you're turning up to the studio and not knowing what you're going to be able to, what you're going to have to sight read. Yeah. For me, it's packing my bag and getting out of the house on time. I've, I've, that's 90% of the battle. If I've turned up with what I need, calm and ready to work, that's, that's the hardest thing I did that yeah. day. So, yeah.
0: And the session is, is, is enjoyable and relaxing yeah. compared to all that, I guess.
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Much easier. Yeah,
0: I think we should give it up for for smartphones because they get a bad rap. You know, people are always going on about oh you're always on your phone.
1: Yeah, true. They they Make do a they, lot of
0: the heavy lifting in, in our lives.
1: They might like to sponsor us too. <laughs> 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 do to yes, name any? Go on specifics. Can yeah. we go, oh, do? You reckon we can get an iPhone 13 out of this? I'd like that. Oh come on then, everyone. I reckon, let's just yeah. say iPhone. Let's sing iPhone 13. I reckon that's the way.
2: Okay. Yeah. IPhone, iPhone 13. 13.
1: Oh, thanks, Samara.
0: Thank you. That was
1: great, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: it was very good.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's fascinating. I was a little bit scared because I, I felt like I kept saying things that were ill, maybe ill-judged or, you know, not very educated. And I was really worried that she was looking at me as if to say you're an idiot, which which is fair. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's, it's, uh, I think because it's uh, quite a serious topic and yeah. we were very ill-informed. Mm. very just uh, ignorant and i i hope she didn't feel like we were putting a lot of pressure on her to be the spokesperson for no. adhd but no absolutely just, it's the first person that we've knowingly chatted to about it that, that has it so
1: yeah
0: uh you know i think I, uh it was it was good though and, and yeah. thanks for for coming and talking about it
1: yeah i think the more people who talk about various things that they are contending with day to day it just makes it easier for everyone else doesn't it like to talk about things as well and I, I know everyone's got stuff going on haven't they so it's it was excellent to chat to her
0: yeah definitely and if you want to see more of samara well check out her youtube channel and her twitter page very entertaining on twitter yeah and uh, you can give her some money if you go to her Coffee page K-O-F-I. Oh yes, I think that's how yeah. you say that.
1: Um, yeah, I can never work I say Kofi.
0: Kofi, if you feel like giving us some Kofi, <laughs> give us some give us some blooming money to say Do thanks it. for the all the multi track videos. Yeah, um, yeah. If you go to her Twitter, you'll see links to that.
1: Mm. Oh, by the way, yeah. how was your uh, tooth surgery?
0: Oh yeah, I went straight there. Yeah, he took my tooth out.
1: Yeah,
0: he he kind of. um yeah, he well, he made me numb and then he made me wait in the waiting room and then I came back in <laughs> and then he sort of jangled his all his um hammers and like um <laughs> what do you call it, pliers and all those sort of What just of, to um,
1: entertain you?
0: Well he's just doing it on the sides and you're not you're just oh. looking at the scene and going, Oh my god, just no. And he's yeah. just got a bit go vroom 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 not, No no no, no drill. It's literally just oh. No there's no no electronics involved, it's like manual yeah. realness. It's like Ooh. It's like two, it's like a nut a nutcracker basically. Yeah, it's what I imagine. I didn't look at it, yeah. of course. <laughs> but he just kind of he he's at the side, and then before you know it, he's over and he goes straight for it. Oh, like, and he's like pressure, pressure, not pain, pressure, not pain. You feel pressure. Is that what he's pain. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: pressure mantra.
0: and then and then it's like okay, and then the lady holds my forehead down. I'm like, oh my God, this is bad. And it's right at the back because it's my wisdom tooth.
1: Yeah. And then owie, owie, owie. he
0: pressure. Okay. And then he's like off. He's just walked off. Like What? And he, it's, he's like Eric Cantona, just standing there.
1: Did
0: he put his shirt out. over
1: his head? His, oh, right. <laughs> yeah,
0: he put, and then he put his shirt over his head.
1: And then did he do a karate kick at the poor nurse or anything? Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. cant now, wasn't
0: it? Was, it? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a shame that. Yeah, a shame it uh, ended that way. No, it was like, it was such like a show off. He's yeah. like, he sort of wanders yeah. off, like, like strutting like someone, around. So when he pots the black at Paul, but looks at someone else while they do it and winks, oh. it was that kind of energy. Ah, <laughs> yes. So he took my tooth out because the lady came over with a paper and said, Okay, so uh, you're aftercare now. It's like, What? And I said, you, What? He's, <laughs> he's done it already. She's like, yeah, it's, it's stop talking because you're bleeding. I was like, yeah.
1: oh, my God. Did you that- say like this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can I, I yeah, can't
0: yeah that, what that <laughs> yeah. I thought I was saying was all those words, but actually, no, it was just a uh, just load of... Uh, so anyway, it was all fine. And um, good. And then I just, uh, what do you call it, spontaneously decided to go and watch public service broadcasting in
1: Brighton.
2: <gasps> yes. Yeah,
0: it was so good.
1: Oh, what's it, how was it?
0: It was brilliant
1: oh drove
0: down and yeah i you know what i, I love going to gigs on my own yeah I, i've yeah. done a couple recently i went to see i went to see my mate dom child's do a sax concerto oh in, wow uh, in st John's square the other day just went there i knew people Amazing. there but like just going there and you're like oh gonna go see a concert driving yeah. to brighton on your own to see a gig yeah i, I did know people there obviously i saw yeah. johnny abraham's parents
1: Oh, the they and must then, have been very proud.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then saw some people afterwards.
2: Brilliant! And
0: It was so good, though. What an amazing oh. show! I think uh, this is coming out on Monday, the I'd say seventh, no eighth.
1: I'd say eighth, yeah, but you can well, say seventh
0: if you're quick. Yeah, if you're quick, and if you can get to Brixton uh, Academy for the tenth, which is Wednesday, the tenth of November. I think there's still tickets for public service oh, broadcasts. Really? I would really, really recommend seeing it.
2: Yeah, the go whole guys. It's
0: brilliant. The the sound is amazing and the lighting, yeah. the show, all the visuals. Uh they're just Did brilliant. it make you laugh
1: huge. that album even more? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I really want to go and see them. That's um, brilliant. And
0: and tell me about what you've been up to because you, you've been very like oh, the busiest my. person ever.
1: I really feel like I have. <laughs> but I know that's slightly, um, I'm probably exaggerating in my head. But I will say, I did 12 performances of Les Miserables last week. What? That is not a short show, is it? No. It's not It's not like 12 one-hour sets. It was, it's over three hours. Yeah, we were doing, it was because they've opened a new theatre at Mountview. Uh, Cameron McIntosh has paid for a new theatre there. Oh. And uh, so they were doing... Yeah, they did 12 performances last week, back to back. And so I did that. And then on Friday, I did my wine exams in the morning and then went and did a show. And now I've just done a yoga in the morning, music. Well, I wasn't doing yoga, thankfully. I can't move. (laughs) Um (laughs) I've, uh, we did strings with people doing yoga to it. And then I went and did Cinderella. So there we go. That's my week in a nutshell. <laughs> Do I look nuts? Do I look, can you see on my face? You look all right. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> can you actually see my eyes? <laughs> <I don't... laughs> yeah, it's been madness. It's, but, um, but I really know Les Mis now.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It's a good show. It's, good, it's a it? darn good show. Yeah. Did they have a full really orchestra great.
0: for that in Mount View?
1: Yes, 14. It was the same as the... Oh, right. I think it was the same size as the West End yeah, one. Yeah, I think yeah.
0: that is the same size, yeah.
1: yeah. It was really good. Yeah, it was the same. It was exactly the same part with a few extra inserts chucked in oh. for good measure. <laughs> but it was great. I mean, it was great. And a lot, uh, lot of the bands who were playing there are the ones who are going back out on tour with it, which is coming up soon. So actually... If you're in Scotland and you're listening to this, yeah. they're, coming to, they're coming to Glasgow to go oh, and see they? it. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. It's brilliant. And they sound great. They're a great band.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I love yeah. Les
1: Mis. Oh, it's great, isn't it?
0: You froze just as I said that.
1: <laughs> I heard you, though. I heard you say it. <laughs> I love it.
0: It's my favourite. <laughs> Unless
1: you said, I love Les Mis, but I bet you ruined it. I didn't hear that bit if no. you said that. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Here. We've gotta thank our friends at Chimney Fire Coffee, haven't we? For oh, sponsoring yeah. this episode.
0: Thank you for keeping keeping us going, keeping you going with caffeine yeah, and delicious yeah. coffee. Right. If you would exactly. like some lovely coffee from Chimney Fire Coffee, then head on over to Chimney <laughs> <laughs> Uh just gonna Google that oh oh i should have should have just gone for it chimneyfirecoffee.com oh there we are (laughs) you would like to save 20 percent on your first bag of coffee then simply type these letters at checkout t-i-a-b-2-0 2-0 that means 20 yeah it makes sense when it's when it's written down yeah it really does Um, yeah uh so do that and uh, it helps. <laughs> it helps us somehow. Helps the show. I think it them, helps us. They know it helps them. They know we've sent you, basically. Yeah, and they then do. Maybe they'll sponsor us again.
2: <laughs> yeah. Maybe so you go just on, run out of bye. coffee, and it's
0: like, oh, what well, should we get? Maybe think about getting a chimney fire coffee bag rather do than it. going to Lidl.
1: Oh, quite. Because also you're helping buying bikes and refurbish them and send them to people in Africa. Yeah, and you haven't
0: got to deal with any in, of that stuff. You just need to no. buy the bag of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, there. they'll do all that. There we go. Right, sorted. Um, if you would like more of this podcast
1: <laughs> would you Which is,
0: which is you? <laughs> quite a bold thing to say at the end of a very long episode.
1: <laughs> it really um, is. Uh,
0: listen why not listen to all of the other episodes but also we've got a Patreon and if you'd like to support this show you can just chuck us some money by going to Patreon and signing up for a membership there but you don't just get nothing for that you get the fact that you've helped us but also you do Mm. get an extra bonus podcast and there's an extra bit of Samara Ginsberg if you really liked her um and uh, yeah I mean there's less now because I had to cut out a bit that she asked us to cut out so um, (laughs) there is uh, there's there's a short little bit there of Samara but but there you go um that's uh that's probably the the show
1: yeah let's wrap it up yeah quickly before Um, we're taken off air
0: we we will be back in two weeks hopefully (laughs) with the guests uh I think oh definitely with definitely definitely with with
1: the Definitely, oh, we we're seeing her one. on Friday. Yes. Oh, she's a good one.
0: Oh, it's a good one. It's a lady, yeah, and it's a good one. You yes, definitely heard of her stuff. Her stuff, or her,
1: <laughs> and her, and
0: probably. Her. All right. Uh take care, one and all. See you then.
2: Bye. <laughs>